text is from Luke chapter 19. We're actually only going to do verses 1 through 10. He, that's Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is a very familiar story for us. Mainly because we all know the children's sermon, or at least most of us do, about Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. When you look at this text, though, it reads sort of awkwardly, doesn't it? I mean, Jesus comes to the place, and he looks up and sees Zacchaeus, says, I'm, I'm going to go to your house. It doesn't even say how he knows it's Zacchaeus, but apparently he does. And then Zacchaeus takes him in joyfully, but the crowd is not happy that Zacchaeus has welcomed Jesus or that Jesus has gone into his house. So they start complaining, apparently outside of the house, but Zacchaeus, they're now in the house, answers Jesus as if he's part of that conversation, sort of defends himself. And then when Jesus answers Zacchaeus, notice what he says. Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. Do you notice that? He's answering Zacchaeus, but he calls him he. That's really awkward in conversation. Jesus seems to be more answering the people that are outside complaining. There are these two conversations going on in this text. And they sort of interact with each other and go back and forth, but it it, it seems a little bit awkward at first. Though this is how conversation often happens, right? You're sitting at a table with a bunch of people, and you may say to this person about that person, or you may talk to all of us at once. This is how conversation goes, but still I think it's weird to, to note and important because there are two levels of conversation going on here And if you're going to understand this text, you have to understand them both. Jesus is passing through Jericho, and there's this man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich. Uh, I explain this often, but this is important in a lot of stories. Um, Tax collectors, by most people, are seen sort of as used car salesmen, uh, that they rip people off. But that's most of the time not the real problem that 
that people would have had with tax collectors. Tax collectors were Jewish people who had basically sold out to the Roman government. They worked for the Roman government to collect very excessive taxes from their fellow Jews. Did they, did they skim off the top? Yes. But in most cases, they were actually allowed to do that. That's how they got paid. And so some tax collectors were much more dishonest and much more of a problem. But the fact is, all tax collectors were looked at poorly, not because they ripped people off, but because they were traitors. Because they had sold out to the army that was inhabiting Israel, that had been so cruel to Israel over the years. And they were making money collecting money from everyone else. It's not just that they were IRS agents. They are IRS agents for the foreign government that has taken them over and abused them for years. They're traitors. And as traitors, they would not have been allowed into the temple. They would have been chased out of the temple. The term sinner that they use of Zacchaeus here in the text doesn't just mean he's a bad person. That's how we tend to use sinner. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all sinners. and, And that's true. But when it's used in the first century, it's a pretty particular term. Sinners are people that are so bad or because of their lifestyle are so dirty that they can't possibly go to the temple. They weren't allowed in the temple. So if you were a leper, you couldn't go get right with God ever. If you were a prostitute, they would never have let you in. And if you were a tax collector, there's no way. You're a traitor. Get out of the temple now. And so you, as, as one of these people, as a sinner, you would live your entire life not being able to go to the temple and do the one thing you thought you needed to do to get right with God, which was make sacrifice. So you lived your whole life separate from God and as a secondary citizen in the community. This is what Zacchaeus is. And to make it worse, he's small in stature. Now, I don't know how small Zacchaeus was. The text doesn't really say. I mean, is he a little person? Um, I mean, is he that small? Is he just very small? People in these days were smaller than they are today. And so uh, he would have had to have been really pretty small to be considered small in these days. So not only is he a sinner, is he a tax collector, but, but he's very, very short. And if you've ever been around somebody who's very short, they tend to not like to be told that they're very short. Does he have sort of a short complex, sort of a Napoleon Bonaparte sort of thing going on, where he's very sensitive about how short he is? Is that why he became a tax collector? Maybe made fun of his whole life, he decided that the one way he could get ahead, the one way that he could get rich was to sell out his own people and have the power of being the chief tax collector. We don't know. But this short sinner, for some reason, he wants to see Jesus. The text doesn't really tell us why, except we know from the conversations that Zacchaeus has with Jesus that not only does he maybe have some confidence issues related to his height, we're sort of reading that into the text, but, but he does have some confidence issues about how good he is. As a sinner who could never go into the temple, you would expect this, Right? He seems to have had trouble in the past. He seems to have ripped people off. And yet he says to to Jesus, half of my goods I give to the poor. 
And if I defrauded anyone of everything, anything, I restore it fourfold. You see here in Zacchaeus, a man who in the past has done some pretty terrible things. He's got a rough past. He's ripped people off. He's gotten wealthy by abusing others. And yet, he's trying to make a difference. He's trying to turn it around. He's trying to give more. He's trying to to reconcile with people who he has ripped off in the past. And yet, I think underlying this conversation, he's asking the question that many of us ask. Is it enough? We all know the bad things that we've done. We all know the brokenness that we have in our own life. And we may be better now than we were years ago, but we still remember the things we did years ago. Or we do good for a little while and then we fall back into something that we thought we had gotten over and suddenly we're Zacchaeus again, feeling small, wondering if it's enough. Maybe that's why Zacchaeus climbs that tree. He wants to see Jesus. He wants to know. He, wants to, he wonders if maybe this Jesus who he's heard about, this Jesus who had spent so much other times with sinners, might be able to give him an answer to some of these questions that he seems to be working so hard to find. And so he climbs up this sycamore tree to see the Lord as he passes him by. And Jesus instead of just passing him by, looks up in the tree and sees Zacchaeus. Does he know that he's Zacchaeus because he's the Lord? Is he really that short that his reputation has preceded him? We don't know. But he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay in your house today. To be in someone's house is a special honor. To eat with someone, to be at a table with someone, is to recognize them and accept them. This is why the Pharisees and so many others around Jesus get so mad that he eats with sinners and tax collectors. But Zacchaeus is pumped. He hurried and came down. I can imagine little Zacchaeus jumping out of the tree at this moment. Like, I thought I was just going to get to see Jesus. I never thought Jesus would talk to me. And Jesus knew my name, and he invited himself over to my house. And that's not rude at all. I want Jesus to come over to my house. I want to have a conversation with this man. He receives him joyfully. It's always joyful when the Lord calls us by name and invites himself into our lives. Or at least, I think it should be. Sometimes we don't really want the Lord messing in certain parts of our life. But I think it should be something we receive joyfully. But the crowd sees this. I mean, here's Jesus coming into Jericho. And according to their own philosophy, their own thought, Jesus should not be around these sinners. Jesus should be around those that are on the inn. The priests, the Pharisees. The good, important, clean people. Those who had made themselves right with God through sacrifice. The crowd seems to wonder the same thing about Zacchaeus that Zacchaeus wonders about himself. Is he good enough? How can this man be good enough? And if this man is good enough, then my way of thinking about how I'm good enough just doesn't seem to cut it. 
if Zacchaeus can be in, well then my, my understanding of works doesn't work. They grumble. They see this man who Jesus goes into his home. Zacchaeus seems to hear this, these comments. The text isn't real clear about how this is working. seems like they've gone to Zacchaeus' house and maybe people are complaining outside so that Zacchaeus can hear them. Zacchaeus looks at Jesus, hearing the crowd, and lays out his defense. Half my goods I give to the poor, and if I ripped anybody off, I pay him back fourfold. And we see why Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, because he wants to know, and is this good enough? Jesus answers, but he answers in a way that really seems more directed at the crowd than Zacchaeus. Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. See, he, he's answering the crowd's questions actually here. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What does Jesus mean today salvation has come to this house? I mean, for many of us, we would define salvation as some sort of prayer you have to pray or decision you have to make, but, but I see none of that here. Surely it's not just because of the good things that Zacchaeus does. Well, Zacchaeus, you're making a good effort. Salvation has come to your house today. No, who has come to his house today? Jesus has come to the house today. Jesus is the salvation that is there. That he brings to say to Zacchaeus, No, you're not good enough. But I'll cover you the rest of the way. That is the salvation that Jesus brings. Not that it demands our work for salvation, but that Jesus takes our feeble attempts to do God's will and makes them good enough anyway. And this outrages the crowd. But Jesus says this, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, according to that crowd, Jesus' mission should be the people that are already in. The people that are already there. The people that are already on God's good side. That's who God should favor. That's who Jesus should come for. And you can hear plenty of preachers talk about how God wants to be there for those who are good. For those who are already in. But the mission of Jesus is to seek and to save the lost. Those who are not in. Those who have not yet found grace. Those who are sinners. Who are broken. That's the mission of Jesus. These two intertwined conversations with Jesus and Zacchaeus and Jesus at the crowd point to two very important lessons for us. The first is the message that Zacchaeus needs to hear. That salvation comes by Jesus. That you don't have to live your life worrying about if you're good enough or not. Salvation comes with Jesus. And the message to the crowd that Jesus' mission is not for those who are in. But Jesus' mission is to save the lost. It's for outsiders. So that we as Christians live a life of these two things. Live a life knowing that even though we're not really good enough, Jesus covers us the rest of the way. And we live a life knowing that Jesus 
mission is for people who do not already know. Jesus' mission is for the lost. So we tell our neighbors, and we tell our friends, and we invite people to church, and we share people of the hope that we have, because that's Jesus' purpose, and therefore it is our purpose. This is an especially neat day to hear this message because in the sacrament of baptism we are reminded that salvation comes in Jesus alone. In our tradition we baptize infants not because the babies have made this particular commitment to Jesus Christ. They can't make that commitment. But we trust and we hope as a church and as the family that God makes a commitment to this child that salvation will come when the time is right. Come to His house. We are reminded that that child is a part of the church, just as Zacchaeus was part of the house of Abraham, that God's promise is for them, and that God cares desperately for the lost. We are reminded that we have been saved, and so must we share this message with others. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that you noticed little Zacchaeus. You understood his struggles just as you understand our own. So often we feel little. We know that we are not good enough. We know that we can never compare to your goodness. And you love us and meet us anyway. Help us to care for the lost. Help us to be part of your mission to seek and to save the lost. Work through this church. Work through your people. That your purposes may be accomplished. That you would receive all the glory forever and ever. Amen.